Welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, it is a stuffed iTunes mailbag that I added to via Twitter. Um, And yeah, the Lakers wrapped up Summer League, so I guess we'll give some thoughts on that too, just here at the top. So the Lakers uh, wrapped up Summer League last night against the Clippers. And, you know, overall for... You know, between the, the two summer leagues, right? Between Sacramento and between uh, the the Las Vegas summer league, a lot going on, obviously, and a lot of new names that uh, we became accustomed to over the last few weeks. And you know, I think there was a lot to like. There was some stuff that I think held those teams back, um, and maybe didn't allow those players to really show everything that they could bring to the to the table at all times. But overall, I, it's hard to really have much to complain about um, given the situations that these guys were in, right? Jalen Huchafino is playing his first, like, quote-unquote, NBA games. Same goes for Maxwell Lewis and Colin Castleton. Uh, and yet, you know, despite that, those guys were, they acquitted uh, themselves quite well. And then you look at... Uh, what we saw from Max Christie and yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot to like there, obviously. So, you know, individually, I think the the Lakers showcased quite a bit collectively, you know, I think there was, there was a a little bit left to be desired, right? Uh, The rebounding was frustrating at times. Uh, It was uh, a fairly rudimentary system that the Lakers were running as you would expect, right? And, and everybody is running the uh, roll the ball out there offense for the most part in these in these summer league games. Um, and that makes it kind of difficult, which, you know, really um, made the way that Christie played that much more interesting to me in that um, he, he really tried to focus on some of the habits that uh, he is going to have to rely on in the NBA, you know, proper. So that was certainly intriguing to watch. Overall, though, I, I I would you know give it a passing grade and kind of move on from there. The thing with Western Conference Finals teams is they don't typically have great summer league teams because those teams tend to be more focused on building in the now than having a bunch of young guys who would go out there and play big roles in in summer league and then also get ready to play big roles in that year's uh, NBA season. So we'll kind of see what, what these guys turn these, the, you know, the, this uh, summer league exhibition season into as they get ready to most of the guys that we saw uh, you're, you, if you're going to want to keep up with their games, you're going to have to do so with the G league, which I, again, as I always say, you really should. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on there Tickets are really easy to come by, and there isn't a bad seat in the house if you do go to one of those games. Um, and this year, you know, you'll be able to go down there and probably see Jalen Huchafino playing down there. Definitely going to see Maxwell Lewis. Might see Colin Castleton. Probably going to see Colin Castleton at least earlier in the year. And then, you know, over the course of the year, maybe he starts making his way to the uh, the main team. But... Yeah, I think if if uh, you want to keep tabs on these guys, that's where you're going to have to do it. And it'll be really interesting to see what that looks like. But like I said, fairly successful 
summer exhibition season. Uh, and, and, you know, really all that really matters is that those guys who did play in this thing, uh, nobody is, is, is hurt long-term and, and everybody will be ready to go for their respective training camps in, uh, about a month or two. All right, let's uh, dive on into the iTunes mailbag. Again, if you want a subject like, look, I asked for questions on Twitter and got 13 responses and questions, and I'm not going to be able to get to all of them. But if you definitely want your question covered here um, on the show, the best way to ensure that happens is to leave your question in the form of a five-star review on iTunes. Those do really help us. We're trying to build this, you know, plane in midair. And this is the type of, this is the season where we can really start to make some tweaks and maybe, uh, you know, lay the groundwork and the foundation for a successful next season. And uh, yeah, this this is the kind of stuff that really helps. So for those of you who did leave those five-star reviews, and, and did leave those questions um, in the form of a five-star review. Hugely appreciate it. Uh, that stuff does really matter. And uh, let's get to it. So the first one that I see here is from JP22 over one. Uh, thoughts on bringing Stanley Johnson back. If we can truly lean into the defense first identity, we will win more. Uh, we, uh, we will more times than not hold teams to limited runs when we aren't scoring. Uh, all right, so just to answer the, the first question with Stanley, I think that ship has probably sailed. Lakers have a ton of wings. They only have one roster spot that they really are interested in using, um, and, and they will probably keep that 15th roster spot open heading into the season, and they need another big. So uh, I, I, I liked what we saw from Stanley Johnson. I was bummed that he had to be part of, of the Patrick Beverly trade. Uh, and, you know, it also says something, though, that, like, you know, the, the Lakers traded him, and then I believe he was either cut or traded again, and then he was cut again. So, yeah, it I, I like Stanley. I'm pulling for him. Um, but the fact that he hasn't been able to, to find a, a full-time home um, kind of indicates that this is... Uh, you know he's on he's on his last legs in the NBA, and he wasn't somebody who the Lakers had to like develop plans to to bring back this offseason. So, um, yeah, I I think the Lakers like if you really wanted to 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 you know nitpick here, maybe the Lakers bring Stanley back instead of bringing in uh, Cam Reddish. But you know we saw who Stanley Johnson is, and there was stuff to like there, but. Um, the Lakers decided to make the bet on on Cam Reddish's upside um, as they think that, you know, all right, maybe fifth times the chance or fifth times the charm or whatever it is for, for Reddish. So all the best to Stanley, probably not happening. Now, what I do agree with, though, is the defense first identity. Um, that is something that I think the Lakers are really going to be focused on this year. And that's where it gets kind of interesting for Russell because he isn't that kind of player. He you look across the roster, just about everybody, except for maybe Hayes, fits into that identity, and maybe Prince to a lesser extent. But everybody else uh, gets after it defensively, and maybe they don't put clamps on on guys like Austin Reeves 
isn't going to sniff all defense teams anytime soon or ever, but he competes on that side of the ball. And that isn't necessarily always the case with D'Angelo Russell. Jackson Hayes is kind of of an airhead defensively. um, And, and, you know, Torian Prince doesn't really uh, get after it physically. uh, But, but still, if this is the Lakers' identity of, of bigger, stronger, faster, a big part of that is competing on the defensive side of the ball, getting out and running, and 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 allowing your wings to to fill uh, transition lanes and 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 um, really taking advantage of of size out there on the open court. And I think that's something that the Lakers are really going to be focused on this year. All right, Kenny P writes. Uh, Kenny P eighteen seventy four writes. Hey, Anthony, what do you think uh, LeBron does if Bronny decides to stay in school for a couple years to get his degree? Uh, well, for one thing, if somebody wants to get their degree, they can do so in the NBA. There have been countless examples of guys who enter the draft early and then over the course of their career do what is necessary to get their degree. So if if the focus is the education here, then Bronny can do that without, you know, being or playing at USC. So uh, I, I, I don't think that that's really in the cards. Now, this is a, a form of answering this question. What do I? What does LeBron do if Bronny doesn't get drafted by the Lakers, or if Bronny gets drafted by into a situation where LeBron isn't interested in playing in playing or or, and this is, I don't think it's going to happen because some team is going to, to bet on Bronny, um, especially if it gives them a chance at signing LeBron. But uh, I, if Bronny doesn't wow people this year in ways that he needs to to enter the draft after only one year at USC, um, I... I what LeBron does there would be really interesting. And I, I think this is where this is where I am really curious to see how the whole situation is handled because if that is how this goes down, and, and, and I would be surprised if it is, but if that is how it goes down and Bronny doesn't play that well at USC and decides to go back, or, or if it is in his best interest to go back, um, he has a crazy uh, likeness deal uh, and and um, he has plenty of money. It's not like he's hurting for money being the son of LeBron James. So he could stay there a little bit longer and develop. But, you know, there are going to be outside pressures to get him to the league sooner um, so that he can either play on the same team as LeBron or you can get the moment where they're matched up against each other um, next year in the NBA. But if... You know, I'm I'm really curious if it does look like what is best for Bronny is to go back to school next year. Then um, I'm really curious to see how everybody handles that. It, I I again, um, he was an All American coming out of high school this last year. Uh, most mock drafts that, and this is really early, but most mock drafts have him in that like first round range. And if you're gonna be a first rounder, then it is really in your best interest to go into the NBA draft. And, and I think that's how this is probably how that plays out. But there have been some questions about his, his game. He is not particularly big. He's not like the insane athlete that LeBron 
was, right? So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of player Bronny turns into, and we'll see how LeBron handles that entire situation um, where before it was pretty clear-cut. If Bronny was going to be like a second-round talent, that would make it pretty easy for LeBron to either force Bronny on, onto the team that he was playing for uh, or would be playing for in that situation or force his way to whatever team uh, brings in Bronny. It, now, though, as because of the success that Bronny had in high school, he might have a little less control over that situation in next year's draft. And, you know, I don't think LeBron is interested in going and playing for the Orlando Magic. You know, I don't I don't think he wants to use one of his final seasons, especially um, seeing as he was just in the Western Conference Finals with the Lakers. Um, I don't think he wants to go and play for some team, you know, the, the, the Charlotte Hornets or whatever. I don't think he's interested in playing for some team just for the sake of playing with his son if that team is drafting high enough in, in the first round to take Bronny um, and, and, and it, you know, LeBron would basically be foregoing his last chances at, at winning a championship. I don't, I don't think that's how it'll play out. And yeah, that means you have a whole bunch of stuff uh, coming to a head and a year from now, it, I guess we'll have to see how it goes down. All right. Fried chicken over pizza writes, and that's a take. Um, I like fried chicken as much as the next guy, but for one thing, fried chicken has to be spicy, and I'm not talking about like add hot sauce to fried chicken spicy. I mean, the batter has to be spicy for me to really be interested in fried chicken. Um, I guess lemon pepper in the air fryer, lemon, lemon pepper thighs in an air fryer are pretty good. That over pizza, man, that's a take. I think I'd prefer pizza. Anyway, uh, the print signing brings me back to when the Heat signed Battier. Also, if Reddish takes a leap, uh, we can have a closing five of Austin, um, Orbron, Cam, Vando, Prince, and AD. Also, Swider can hopefully gain some time with Mad Max. Denver doesn't scare me. Kind of worried about Dallas. Thoughts, by the way, talk about Summer League. These Lakers deserve it. I did talk about Summer League. It was fun. Um, all right, so... Battier and Prince, Battier was super physical. Uh, Prince will never be the defender that Battier was. So, but I, I, Prince is also a better shooter than Battier. So, um, yeah, they're very different players. And if the thought here is like just bringing in a solid veteran on the, as a three and D wing, then yeah, I, I would say that they have that in common, but, um, yeah, Battier, Battier, like the thing about Shane Battier is, uh, and I hate saying nice things about Duke players, but A, really good shooter, had the tools to be a really good defensive player, was a really good defensive player, and also is an effing genius in terms of, uh, you know, utilizing analytics and uh, just general instincts on the court and an understanding of how pieces fit together in basketball, right? He's been uh, a pretty big part of, I believe, Miami's success, um, with, you know, working for Pat Riley over there. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about the Prince signing, but I don't think he'll ever be as impactful as Shane Battier. Um, and then, like, the Reddish Leap, everybody's been waiting for the Reddish Leap. And uh, he, again, he's talented enough to do that. He's talented enough 
to make the the quote unquote leap, but uh, his his interest in playing defense has always waned. Um, at some point, like, and this, maybe this is the situation that humbles him and forces him to just focus on the things that will keep him in the NBA. And if that's the case, and he, you know, he's, you know, absolutely talented enough to stick it out in the NBA if he focuses on those things. But, you know, what tends to happen with, uh, especially wings who at one point or another, were like the top prospect in the country, which I believe Reddish was at one point. Um, they get so used to being bigger, stronger, faster than everybody that they're playing against in high school that they develop some bad habits and eventually get to the NBA where everybody is that kind of big, strong, and fast. And you have to break some of those habits and develop good ones. And Reddish has never really done that. So... Um, maybe this is finally the time where he does it and the Lakers luck out as a result of that. I would be thrilled for it, but even in, under those circumstances, I don't think he'll be a part of any kind of closing lineup. Um, Denver does scare me a little bit, uh, even, even given the guys that they lost. Um, I, although I, I do think that it's fair to say that they got worse, at least at the beginning of the season. Um, Dallas had a great off season and, uh, you know, so great that I do believe that they are probably, you know, like a tier below the Lakers, but certainly within striking distance there. And I, I just think the whole West this year is going to be effing insane. And at the end of the year, we're going to see either teams miss the playoffs or get knocked out of the playoffs a lot sooner than you would anticipate given, you know, the talent that they had at the beginning of the year. All right, now, first question from Twitter comes from at EDiddy1979. Uh, do you do other teams besides the Lakers? That's not a condescending question. Um, I follow other teams, but I do not cover other teams. I've thought about covering, like, the Dodgers because, you know, I, I pay attention enough to do that, but there are so many great voices already doing it that, like, half-assing it, I think, kind of insults those those people. Um and then, like, I'm going to be completely honest. I like having an off season. I like having uh, August and September to kind of focus on watching my kids grow up and, and getting some rest because the season, the NBA season, really kind of takes it out of you when you are covering a team and you're two hours ahead of the team that you're covering. Uh, it, it is really kind of exhausting, those home games. So, uh, yeah, just kind of recharging the batteries here and and then kind of getting back to it at the at the beginning of, of this next season. But I think at some point, um, at some point I might do the kind of like, you know, I, I, that's the point of Substack essentially. And, and eventually I, I will probably open it up and talk to football people on Substack. And uh, I had a great conversation with Eric Steven, who covers the Dodgers for SB Nation um, that is also over at Substack, uh, and, and yeah, like that kind of stuff. If you want my coverage of, or takes on those other teams then uh, subscribe to me on, on Substack there. Um, and then, and then maybe as my career goes along, you know, you, you get, and as the kids grow up and I have a little bit more free time, um, then maybe I, I get back to doing that stuff on, on say like this platform. All right, so I had a few questions um, about the whole 
conversation that took place Sunday on Twitter because Sam Quinn said that, uh, you know, responded to a Mark Stein report that Dallas would be open to signing and trading uh, uh, Christian Wood, depending on who the player is that they get back. And, and um, Quinn, Sam said that if uh, the Lakers offered Vando, that could be one way that they could give Christian Wood more than the minimum. Um, so I, I, I asked around about this and uh, was told flatly it is not happening uh, by, by multiple people. Uh, essentially, they got annoyed that this was an, a, a conversation on Sunday and said, you know, we all need to take July off. <laughs> after after free agency, we all need to take a deep breath and just like relax. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, and, and the reason I say this is, is you know, again, multiple questions about this. And, and I figured I would answer it not just by saying like what I would do here. Um, but also to, to, to relay that under no circumstances would the Lakers trade Jared Vanderbilt for Christian Wood. Um, I, and that's, that's, that's a pretty definitive response that I got on, on that one. But anyway, so um, would I do that is a different question, I believe. And again, I would say no. I would, Christian Wood might be available for the minimum. And why would you pay him more than the minimum? And then also give away one of your few perimeter defenders in Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, I on an insane deal too, by the way. Jared Vanderbilt is is making like a shade under five mil next year. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to pay him eventually, but that is uh, a a a very helpful player. And yeah, he got played off the court in the playoffs, but um, I. I that's what happens to five million dollar a year players, and so maybe you take that into account when you're getting ready to pay him after this next season. But I, no, I, <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think that Christian Wood will eventually be a Laker, um, and we'll kind of see what that looks like. But I, I, I think one thing that we can confidently say here is that if Wood is a Laker, it won't be as a result of a Jared Vanderbilt sign and trade. All right, next question comes from Sean uh, underscore LAL16. So aside from the center depth, what do you think this team will struggle with? Struggle. Well, bigger scoring two guards is certainly a concern uh, because of the stuff that we talked about. But I, even there, like Jared Vanderbilt is a, is a capable defender of those types of players. So that, that will certainly help. Um, I do think that there are some shooting concerns uh, if Austin Reeves and Gabe Vincent and Rui Hachimura basically shoot how they did or close to how they did in the playoffs last year, then a lot of the shooting, shooting concerns are, are resolved. If they don't, then, yeah, the, the, the offense might get pretty gummy, pretty muddy. So um, I think that the shooting is, is certainly one thing that I'm going to uh, keep my eye on quite a bit. And uh, I also think that, like, physically, the Lakers could really use another brute um, in, in their front court. And uh, I don't think they'll, they, they will use both roster spots on, on two bigs. And maybe eventually you see them kind of condense the roster, and, and then that allows them to go out and, and, and get another big or something like that or, or whatever. But 
I, I do think uh, in terms of just sheer kind of physicality up front, the Lakers' two most physical players are still LeBron and AD, and and I don't know how that's necessarily going to work. We talked to Kobe Price on Friday, right, um, about the about the Jackson Hayes addition, and yeah, I'm I'm still not super high on it to be completely honest. Um, I think they kind of view him as like a, a JaVale right before JaVale started figuring it out. But uh, even even JaVale, though, like that type of archetype is uh, he was never like the physically dominating player. He was certainly an uh, in, in extreme athlete and capable of getting his armpit stuck on the rim. But. Uh, it, he still, though, like, you know, it, he would get bodied and um, didn't set like the greatest screens ever. I think the Lakers could really use somebody closer to Dwight, somebody closer to, like a Tyson Chandler or even an Andre Drummond. Those kinds of players who are just so physically imposing that they, they you know, think of like a I'm a I'm a Vikings fan. And it was always so fun to watch like Adrian Peterson beat the crap out of the, the, the other team's line and beat the crap out of the other team's linebackers, um, just running into him really hard time and time and time and time and ten, time again and not getting tired and not getting out physical so that by the time you get to the fourth quarter, you just knew that he was going to break one because the other team is just so broken down, so beaten down uh, by his physicality that he was just like, it, it just... You know, he he was going to to have the legs still to get by them or run through them, and um, the Lakers could really kind of use that type of physicality from the center spot. Maybe it's Hayes, um, but if not, and then that is still going to be really difficult to address unless they go for like a Biombo. You know, if they if they do decide here at the very end, um, or if like Christian Wood decides that he doesn't want to be a Laker. Biombo does present some of that stuff. Uh, so maybe he makes some sense there. Um, but it was nice, you know, that, that short little burst that the Lakers got from Tristan Thompson was interesting to me um, because it, it did kind of harken back to what Dwight was bringing off of the bench. And, and that's something that the Lakers have really missed since they let Dwight walk that, that first offseason for whatever reason they did. A few people did ask about the 14th roster spot and, you know, whether I prefer Biombo or Wood or whoever. Um, I still think I prefer Wood just in terms of, like, sheer talent, but I would need some promises from him that uh, he'll try to break some of the habits that led to him, you know, falling through the league the way that he has. Um, I, I... it's because of like some of those off those those locker room concerns that I maybe Biombo uh, Biombo makes a little bit more sense there, and if not Biombo, then maybe you just bring Tristan Thompson back as like a Jared Dudley who can also, you know, really beat some teams up and and be there to respond if a team takes a, a hard foul on one of the Lakers' important guys. So. Uh, that, I, I don't know, regardless of who, who it is that they sign, I do think they need to, to use the 14th roster spot on 
a veteran center and then allow Castleton to grow over the course of the season and then maybe you convert him at the very end after you've used the 50 games or whatever that the Lakers can use him for. Um, but that's kind of how I would I would approach that. And then, um, and then yeah, you just kind of, it's, it's your 14th signing or it's your 14th player. So, you know, maybe, maybe, and that's why I kind of like the wood thing because with your 14th signing, you go for some upside there. He can, he can most theoretically play next to AD. Um, again, he's the most talented player available at that on the market, not just at that position, but on the market right now. So may, and, and we do know that Rob Polinka likes talent, um, and likes to bet on talent. So I still think wood will probably be the, the guy used on that 14th, uh, roster spot. And, and I would agree with the move if that was what they decided to do. A couple people asked about Cam Whitmore. Um, I, I don't really have a take on him, to be completely honest. Like, there were some guys that, like, really slipped, uh, you know, in, in, in the draft in ways that a lot of draft people were wondering, like, why they slipped or whatever, Whitmore being one of them. And... You know, look, um, Rob Polinka really likes the uh, the six four combo guard ball handler. You know, you look at everybody thinks that like, gosh, Taylor Horton Tucker was just a a LeBron thing, and and Russell Westbrook was just a LeBron thing. But you look at a lot of the signings that Rob has made, and he like can't help himself with suit you know with with six three six four combo guards uh Kendrick Nunn comes to mind Lonnie Walker comes to mind Patrick Beverly comes to mind like the all of these guys uh, you know we already talked about Taylor Horton Tucker and and even Austin Reeves fits into that mold too right um so I think Shafino fits an archetype that Rob Polinka is really really interested in and, you know, if, if the shooting happens, then cool. The Lakers got a really good player. Uh, if the shooting doesn't happen, they got another Talon. A Talon who's a little bit better defensively, I think. Um, not as long, but I think he's stronger than Talon. Uh, and, and yet, like, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the Talon Horton Tucker experience. And there's a possibility... <laughs> I don't think Shafino's playing very much this year. So it, I don't think it really matters. And and had they taken Whitmore, I don't think Whitmore would have played a ton for the Lakers this year either. So I think the Lakers, you know, went with more of the, the kind of project here. Um, Whitmore had more upside. I do, I do know that the Lakers were interested in Whitmore um, as he fell through the draft. Um, but they wound up going with Shafino and, and I don't, I'm I'm not too upset at the decision at this point, um, even given how uh, what we saw from Whitmore uh, in summer league. All right, last question here is a it's kind of a, a fun little one. Uh, this is from uh, Kr Swish. Nobody's going to ask you this, but who would you pick number one overall in fantasy football this season? And I think it has to be McCaffrey, right? Uh, San Francisco's quarterback situation is going to be kind of. If he, again, um, 
running backs in that system tend to do really well. McCaffrey is still an insane producer from the running back spot. I could understand going with Jefferson. I personally, in the first round of the last few seasons, have selected Kelsey in in the first round just because um, he is such a market inefficiency uh, at that position. So those are those are the three kind of guys that I would I would kind of circle, but uh, I I I I don't know McCaffrey in that system with a whole off season to figure that stuff out is going to be pretty terrifying so long as he stays healthy, which is a big question I guess. So we'll we'll kind of see what that looks like. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the uh, Lakers Lowdown podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the questions, especially on iTunes. Hugely appreciate that. Um, have a guest uh, coming a little bit later today to talk about Christian Wood um, and and get some insight on that experience and uh, you know some details on why Wood finds himself in the situation he finds himself right now. Uh, so I think you guys are going to enjoy that. And then, yeah, over the course of the week, we are now at the time of the offseason where we can have a little bit of fun. We can get a little bit weird with some of the topics and stuff. Um, still waiting to hear how the Lakers use that 14th roster spot and who decides to sign with the Lakers uh, using the offers that they have out there right now. Um, and and uh, once we get that, obviously, we'll... we'll put together some final analysis of this roster. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to having a little bit of fun and, and, and getting a little goofy this time, time of year. It's, it's, um, it, it's, it's one of my favorite times of year because I, I think we get to have a little bit more fun than, than, um, most shows do. So stick with us for that. And until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying, have a good one.